It's good to see you here. Yeah, we don't do things like a lot of people do. Hallelujah. But the things we used to do, you'd be real familiar with. Let me run that by again. We don't do what a lot of people do. And it looks a little strange to our world, but I'm here to tell you, the things we used to do, you'd understand. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's good to see you this morning. It is. We're going to go in our Bibles today to Jude, verse 20. Jude, verse 20. Jude, verse 20. Jude, of course, is only one chapter. So I don't even have to tell you what chapter it is. I just say Jude, verse 20. So our good brother Jude, apostle of the Lord, says to us in Jude 20, he says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. And then it says they're praying in the Holy Spirit. Let me run that by you again. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith. How? Are we going to build our most holy faith? How are we going to build ourselves up? By praying in the Holy Spirit. All right. Now we're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse number 18. And if you did not understand what Paul was saying here, you'd think he was being rather boastful. But he was correcting a church who were misusing the gifts of the Spirit. And he was... Then right in the middle of that correction, he says something here. He says in verse 18, so I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. Hmm. Let me run that by you again. I thank my God. I speak with tongues more than you all. This is an apostle of the Lord saying this. To the church of Corinth, which is not a church, it would have been much bigger than what you have here. In fact, it would have been church houses sprinkled throughout Corinth, the city of Corinth. Amen. So for him to make this statement, you see, this letter would be read in every church house in Corinth. It would be read in every church house in Corinth, this letter. And to hear this man of God say to the Corinthian believers, I speak in tongues more than you all. Evidently, the Apostle Paul put great importance in giving himself in the Spirit, evidently. Praise God. Then he says in verse 19, and this is where our friends have a tendency to focus on when they're trying to minimize speaking in tongues, and they try, they try desperately to minimize speaking in tongues. He says, yet in the church... I would rather speak five words with my understanding. Now understand what he's trying to get across is that I may teach. Everybody say teach. Teach others also. If I speak in tongues to you this morning, you're not going to understand anything I'm doing. I'll feel good. I don't know about you. So he's telling us here in the, in the area of teaching, ministering, you know, I'm not going to do that, but I speak in tongues more than you all. 
And then he goes on, that I may teach others also than 10,000 words in a tongue. Again, he's not minimizing tongues here. He's talking about teaching, ministering, preaching, so they can understand it will be profitable for them. Now in this house this morning are people that have released themselves to the Spirit of God. In this house this morning are people that do not have the Spirit of God. You may have been told you had the Spirit of God, but you don't have it. I mean, there's a scriptural evidence of having the Holy Ghost. But also in this house this morning are people that God's Spirit is not able to flow through you. Amen. And I see it on you. I see it on you. I really do. I see it on you. Not, not this, these are not words of condemnation. I just see that you are just bound up, bound up. Praise God. I may cross with some of your theology this morning. I may. I'm not going to try to be offensive to anybody here in this house. Hallelujah. Let's just reach out to him right now in this place. Can we lift our hands to him? Father, we come to you again. There is your great presence in this place today, and there are people that are releasing themselves to your presence. Oh, in this house of God, we praise you. We magnify you. We ask you, God. We ask you, God. We ask you to set people free today. Give understanding and revelation to people in this place. In this place, God, today. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. I'm acceptable in your sight this morning, God. I am acceptable in your sight. And you have accepted me. There is not one man in this house or woman that can charge me with anything because I'm acceptable in your sight. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you. I worship you. You may be seated this morning in this house. Hallelujah. Last summer, I was fixing to go to our family camp, which I enjoy greatly. And I had planted, I'd been given a small Macintosh apple tree. I'm not the kind of person you want to give plants to. I'm a better discipler of people than I am of plants. And uh, I was, so I, I knew it was good. It's hot, it's July, I'm going to... Uh, be gone for a few days, and so I wanted to uh, water the the apple tree that was standing, just a small little thing in the back backyard. And so I turned the hose on and started watering it, and I don't know what happened, but I forgot about that hose and the water being on. <laughs> Two and a half days later, I come home, and I'm in my basement, and I hear what I recognize as running water. I said, what's running? What is still on? Shouldn't be nothing on. There's everything. I don't hear anything upstairs in the kitchen. I'm down in the basement. Just, and then the backyard. And so I walked around the side of the house to see that my water hose was still on. And it had done quite a job on the backyard and the tree. 
I'm sad to tell you today the tree did not survive. <laughs> it didn't make it. I waited long. I waited long. I, the rest of the summer, I just kept checking, checking that thing out. And I'd go over there and take one of the little branches and I'd just move it. And in spite of all that water, they got, it had gotten dry and it had died. And finally, as a sad, sad report, end of the summer, I finally just pulled it out of the ground. Sad, sad. So don't, don't give me a tree. Don't give me any plants. I do better when I work with people than I do with plants. Hallelujah. I planted my wife a rose bush, and I'm, oh, God, it's let it live, let it live. A clematis, oh, God, I thought it was going to die, but it somehow survived my tender, loving care. Oh, God, let it come back great this summer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. On Friday, as I dropped my son and my wife off at the cancer center up at Freighted, for him to go in for an appointment. I just got a call from a lady that has attended this church who deals, deals with many physical complications. And I could sense by her voice that she was down, that perhaps there was a little bit of blame in her about why God had allowed these things to take place in her. In all honesty, I could not tell her that I knew why God had not healed her. I did not know. But I can tell you this, God does. And God works at his own pace and his own time. And I, I, I spend little time accusing people of not having faith. I don't spend time just accusing them of having no faith. I don't do those kind of things. Some people do. They love to sort of beat somebody up when they're already down. Don't beat people up when they're down. Did you hear me? Don't beat people when they're down. Amen. You got to be a balcony person. Some of you live in the basement, in the tank, in the darkness, and you pull people down where you are. Don't bring them up. You're still in the house. You're still in the house. And so I begin to pray, you know, and I'm thinking to myself, God, help me. I don't know what exactly to say. I'm not in this person's presence. I'm not with them right now, you know, and I'm just, I'm just talking to the Lord and praying for him. God, give him understanding, strengthen, give him grace. And as I was praying for him, I began, I'm, sit, I'm sitting out, out. I didn't go into the parking garage. I had gone out and parked on the side of the road there where the, where the taxis parked and you know, I'm sitting there, and, you know, I'm just praying. And, and as I pray, I begin to feel the presence of God come in the car. I don't make a practice of this when I pray with people, but I did this day. I just released myself to the Holy Ghost in that car. And I begin to speak with tongues. And as I began to speak with tongues, that car just was filled with the presence of the glory of God. And I knew it was not just what I was feeling right there. But I knew down here in Kenosha, in someone's house, someone who was alone as, as we were praying, that same glory was beginning to fill up that room where that person was. And as I prayed in the Holy Ghost, all of a sudden I heard that person begin to break out in the Spirit. 
and begin to speak in tongues. And for a little while, for a little while on Friday, amen, in the morning, amen, somebody had a breakthrough as they begin to just release themselves to the presence of the Almighty God. Hallelujah. 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 So I've come to this body of believers, and some of you probably will not understand what I'm going to say today, but to believers in this house, I say to you that you need to release yourself to the Spirit of God. Let me run it by you again. You need to release yourself to the Spirit of God. Well, where are you all at? Dear God, have mercy. Are you? Let me run it by you. You need to release yourself to the Spirit of God. Hallelujah. Something like that right there. Yeah, God. You need to release yourself to the Spirit of God. Yes, you do. Hallelujah. You do. Praise God. There was a day in your life when you got the Holy Ghost that you broke through that flesh and you gave yourself to God and words began to come out of your mouth that were not words that you understood, but it was the Spirit of God living and moving and working through you. Hallelujah. Do you remember the joy and the peace that filled your soul? Do you remember how you felt on that day? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. But we seem to live in this sophisticated age when we when we can, you know, just find God with just our intellect. Yeah, well is right, brother. Well. And we remove our emotions and somehow try to serve God with just this platonic relationship of I know you and you know me. And it ain't a happy family. Hallelujah. And you got a man of God in the scripture who is correcting people, amen, about not, not the Holy Ghost, not the baptism of the Spirit, but amen, one of the gifts of the Spirit, amen, what you read about in the 12th chapter of Corinthians, amen, in the midst of what he is saying to them about their corporate worship and how, how it all is supposed to operate in the Holy Ghost, amen, he said, I speak in tongues more than you all. Ha. I am talking to people this morning in this house that you can't remember the last time that you gave yourself to God. I'm talking to people in this place this morning that claim to be apostolic. They believe in baptism in Jesus' name. They do believe in the infilling of the Holy Ghost, but they yet can still not remember the last time that they broke through into the presence of an almighty God. Hmm. And we somewhat like the Galatians, it can be said of us, oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? And said to you that you can accomplish the work of God in your flesh. You didn't start to sing in the flesh. 
It ought not to end in the flesh. Hallelujah. So I've come to you this morning to say to you, let the water run. Turn the spigot on. It ain't going to destroy the tree. The tree's already dead. Amen. Just let the water run. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some of us got hangups here today. I'm not, I'm not my friend that you're here for the first time. I ain't talking to you. I'm talking to people that claim to be believers. They got hangups. You can't pray out loud and you can't speak in tongues out loud. Amen. You got hangups. Your relationship with Jesus is more platonic than it is intimate. Are you hearing me this morning in this house? My God. My God. My God. I'm challenging you this morning. I am. I am challenging you to break out of that mold. Amen. I don't know where you got the mold from, but it's time to break out of that mold. I don't know why you're so afraid to speak in tongues. I don't know why you're so afraid to give yourself to God. Are you afraid you may lose control? It would be good to lose control. Amen. It really would. Or maybe you just don't believe the scripture. Maybe what the Apostle Paul is saying is it, it really not true. Maybe what Jude is expressing, amen, when he talks about praying in the Holy Spirit. Maybe that's just, maybe that's just for them guys. It is true that they lived in a very critical age. It is true, amen, that they knew what it was to have depravity in government. It was true of their day. If you ever read about the garbage that was going on in their time, amen, you would, you would rest assured today that if they could do it in the Holy Ghost, so can you. Ha, yeah. huh, I'm stirring some people up in this house today. One of the things that one of the things that I stress when I teach Bible studies, amen, is when we're talking about speaking in tongues, we're not talking about the gift of tongues. Nowhere in the book of Acts will you ever read when they receive the Holy Ghost that they receive the gift of tongues. It will tell you that they begin to speak in tongues as God's Spirit gave the utterance. But in our world today, people try to associate and intermingle things in there, and they do destruction to the Word of God and to their own lives. When you get the Holy Ghost, you will speak in tongues. Yes, you will. It is not an option. It's not an added gift. When you get the Holy Ghost, you will speak in tongues. As the Spirit gives the utterance. Well, some of you say, well, you know, we could get out of order. My God, I'd like to see some out-of-order stuff. It's better. It's easier to correct stuff that's out-of-order than stuff that's just dead. I can tell you the, the tree didn't stay in the ground. It died. Can't bring it back to life. Even though it had plenty of water. If you knew the gift of God, Jesus said to the woman at the well, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that speaks to you, you would ask of him, and he would have given you living water. In verse 14 of John 4, he said this, But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. Let me just, let me just 
tell you briefly, amen, through the word of God. Amen. When people speak in tongues in this house, having never spoken in tongues before, they have received the gift of the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, verse 38, amen, the apostle Peter said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And Acts 8, and verse 20, amen, after the apostles had come down and lay hands upon him, and, and Simon wanted to buy, he wanted to buy the ability, amen, to give people the Holy Ghost. Amen, Peter said to him in Acts 8 and 20, your money perish with you because you thought that the gift of God could be purchased with money. I'm not talking about the gift of tongues here this morning. I'm talking about when somebody receives a gift of the Holy Ghost, they will speak in other tongues as God's Spirit gives the utterance. Amen. In Acts chapter 10, when the apostle, amen, Peter preached to Cornelius' house and those that had come with the Jewish believers that come with him, it were told in verse 45, they were astonished because they saw the gift of the Holy Spirit poured out. Everybody say poured out. On the Gentiles also, what, what was the mark that they used? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. In Acts eleven seventeen, when when Peter goes back to Jerusalem, Amen. He has to explain to them what he's doing with a bunch of Gentiles. He says, "If therefore God gave them the same gift as He gave us when we believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, if you have believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will, you will receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And when you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, you will speak in tongues as God's Spirit gives the utterance. So, what are you saying, preacher?" Are you telling me because I haven't spoken in tongues? I haven't received the gift of the Holy Ghost? Yes, I am. I'm, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> he got quiet in here. He got quiet in here. Our church world is trying to accomplish the work of God without the Spirit. And that's why it's not victorious today. That's why you can have a large church in the city that call, and go to that church and, and call yourself a Christian and still have evil running rampant because the Spirit of God is not operating in the house. Are you hearing me? My God. My God. Hallelujah. I would that you would give yourself to the Spirit of Jesus. I would that you would release yourself to the Holy Ghost. I would that you would speak in tongues a lot. Turn to your neighbor and say, a lot. For some of us, it's only in the church. Up here in the front. We repent of our sins and again for the 35th time of the day. And finally, we break through, it seems. And we scream out in tongues and then we... The rest of the week, we do nothing. Now, I, I, I'm not trying to be critical this morning, but what kind of walk with God is that? I'm going to get myself in trouble today. Some of you have been taught by prior churches that you attended, prior pastors, that, amen, it's not good to give yourself to the Spirit often, amen, just once in a while, because you never know, it could be something fake, it could be a fraud, it could be just you. Let me repeat it to you this morning. The Apostle Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. 
that by praying in the Holy Ghost, I'm building up my faith. I understand that I don't benefit physically from it, the body. I don't understand, but I know that inner man is being strengthened as I give myself to the Holy Ghost. And ladies and gentlemen, you're not taking your flesh and blood out of this world. The only thing that's leaving here is your spirit and your soul. Okay, I just, I won't go there today. I just, I got too many brands in the fire right now. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So I'm here to tell you that you'll never read anywhere, 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 anywhere that it talks about the gift of tongues. Other than chapter 12 of Corinthians. And it's talking about one of the nine spiritual gifts. And that chapter ends with a series of questions that are answered, and the answers to every one of those questions is no. And I have friends that they will go to that, and that's what they rest, that's their ruse. They do all speak in tongues, and the answer to that, of course, is no, but it's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. It is not talking about the infilling of the Holy Ghost. And when a person gets the Holy Ghost, did I already say this morning in this house that when a person gets the baptism with the Holy Ghost, they will speak in tongues as God's Spirit gives the utterance. Hallelujah. And God wants to pour out on this house his spirit. He wants to pour it out in your life. He does. He does. Ever say pour out. Pour out. Pour out. Pour out. Say it again. Pour out. Pour it out. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I just read this morning in the paper that, that out now in uh, the, uh, California, they've been in drought, and they're expecting about four inches of rain. And you know what they're saying out there? Oh, just, just give us a little bit, God. <laughs> they're not saying give us a little. Pour it out! Come on, we're a thirsty land! We got nothing! Everything's drying up! Blow it away! Pour it out. Bring on the storm, God. But uh, but us but us in the Midwest, we we've had too much of that S N O W stuff. Because you see, while he's pouring it out on there, we're getting the white stuff here. But believe it or not, as I have been told by some friends of mine, even the white stuff stuff does some good to us. Amen. It puts water into the table. Amen. The reservoirs, it puts water down there in the roots of those plants for the spring. So let it snow, Jesus. Oh, God, it's hard for me to say. Let it snow, Jesus. Got to save my wife's plants. Let it snow, God. When Paul writes to Titus, he says to him in chapter 3 and verse 5, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy he has saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing, everybody said the renewing of the Holy Spirit. The renewing. How many only fill your gasoline tank up once a month? Yeah. And if you fill it up once a month, you ain't using that car very often at all. 
I just seem to spend too much time at the gas pump. Seems like almost every other day. But I'm smart enough to know that my car cannot function without gasoline. And so I go and I pay the price so that I can keep running. But yet some of us in the spirit think that we can function on some experience that we had six months ago. And somehow we don't need to come back to God's filling station and say, God, fill me up today. Fill me up today. Amen. And we're running on fumes if we have not conked out on the side of the road. Back, back when I was a vendor, back when I was a vendor back in the early 90s, I remember it was my first experience with snow down in Chicago, having vended all day, and I was not smart enough to know when snow starts falling in Chicago, as a vendor, you don't, you don't fill up all your machines. You just make sure they can survive for a day or two, and you head for home. Well, I just did what I'd been doing, 3 o'clock in the afternoon. I'm out there on I-90 trying to get to uh, uh, 294. I didn't get back to the warehouse until 6 that evening. And there was only one other person in the warehouse. And the reason they were there is because they were the low man on the totem pole. And they had to wait for this driver to get there who didn't know any better than just to throw a little bit into machines and run for home. I saw vehicles in the middle of I-90 sitting there out of gas. I did. Couldn't believe it. What's wrong with you? Go, you, you know what I did? I said, well, I'm not going to do that. So I, there was a gas station there. Price was high. Amen. I didn't have any money, but I had all kinds of change in bags from, from machines. And I just, I'm putting gas in this thing. I ain't going to run out of gas on this road. No, 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 no. But some of us today... Amen. You don't understand. We are in a traffic jam of sin. There's darkness all around us, but we are trying to run on fumes. We're trying to exist in God. Amen. With just an experience every six months. And we're so bound up. You gotta be careful what I was gonna say. Stop myself. When Paul writes, he says in verse 6, whom he poured out on us abundantly. Everybody say abundantly. There's only one reason why you're not experiencing the abundant life of the Spirit is because you're not drinking from the water. One reason. One reason. And I say let the water run. They think we're crazy already. They think we're a bunch of fruitcakes already. They, they think we're nuts. They hear us speaking in tongues. And, Woo, whippy, whippy, weird. They say that. So who cares what they say? You're not building a relationship with them. You're building a relationship with him. woman at the well. She already had a lousy reputation. Amen. By the time he got done speaking, I'm sorry, Sister Ginger, by the time he got done speaking to her, she was wanting that water. She forgot about her water pots. She forgot about everything else. Only that she was in the presence of one that could satisfy her. 
Praise God. John said he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. He got revelation from God. I think some of us, only we only get in the Spirit on the Lord's day, which is Sunday. Did I say that already? I'm saying it again. We only get in the Spirit on, on Sunday. I don't know what spirit we got going on in the week, but on Sunday, we're hoping to hear from God. Why don't we learn to live for Him seven days a week? Why don't we learn to walk in the Spirit seven days of week? Hallelujah. The Bible tells us, the Bible tells us that Jesus, amen, they were wondering if He would appear at that feast. They were wondering, amen, the Bible tells us in John 6 and 15, amen, that there were those that, amen, were trying to take him by force and make him king, and he had departed again to a mountain by himself alone. He, it was not time for him to be the king yet. It was not time for him to reign, amen, and they were trying to force him into that situation. And while that's all going on, you got Jewish leaders, religious leaders who are trying to Amen. Destroy him. They hate Jesus because he has exposed their dirtiness. He has exposed their evil works and they can't stand him. Amen. And they're trying to, amen, do everything in their power to bring him down. And so the Bible tells us on the last day, the great day of the feast, Do you know what was happening on that day? You know what the priest would be doing on that day? It tells us in Psalms 118, verse 25. Here's what they would be saying. Save now. I pray, O Lord. O Lord, I pray. Send now prosperity. Save now, I pray, O Lord, O Lord. I pray, send now prosperity. Save now, I pray. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Pray! Amen. Save now, I pray. Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I pray, send now prosperity. Over and over and over again as they marched around the altar. Seven times. What were they? What was it symbolizing? Exodus 17. When they're out there with no water. And God says to Moses, hit the rock. And he hits the rock. And out of it gushes water. Water that would take care of millions. But now... The priest is merely going through a symbolic act. It's a window dressing. It's a religious act. It's a ceremony. It's a tradition. And there's no life in it. Long has that spirit that flowed out of that rock gone. And they're going through the motions. They got religion, but they're going through the motions. They come to church, but they're going through the motions. They cry out to God, but they're going through the motions. Save now, I pray, God. 
Oh, Lord, oh, Lord, I pray sin now, prosperity. And it's only a ceremony. And in the midst of the ceremony, the Bible says Jesus stood and cried out. I told you last Sunday night that as I was praying, God brought to my mind Sardis. And I probably shouldn't have said anything. We were weary. We were tired. We were, we needed to go home. And I apologize for keeping us just a little longer. Brother, Brother Harris, it spoke quite a while. It was 8.30. And amen. But I just couldn't seem to put it away. I should have saved it, but I didn't. Sardis. It says of Sardis that you have the reputation of being alive. And God says, but you're dead. And I think of that, and I think of what I'm reading here in the Word of God. The religious priesthood of Israel, all they had now was ceremony and no power. Ceremony and no cleansing. Ceremony and no joy. Ceremony and no peace. And the Bible says, he cried out, If any man thirst! It must have reverberated off the walls of the temple, bouncing, amen, from courtyard to courtyard. In this moment of silence, here's this voice saying, Hey, I'm here! You can drink! If you're thirsty, the water's here. He didn't say drops. He said rivers. Everybody say rivers. Rivers. Not the Pikes Creek that you see Amen. In August, down there where I live at, even the old dead trees just standing on dry earth. But I'm talking about rivers of gushing water, flowing, moving, operating. Amen. To a thirsty world. And if you do not understand this, you just read what it tells us here. Amen. In John 7, he was referring to the Holy Ghost. And it had not yet been given because he was not yet glorified. Now, in my study of the Word of God this morning, there is no specific prophetic scripture other than Joel chapter 2 that indicates rivers of waters flowing from believers. But there are a number of verses that parallel that thought. Isaiah 44 and verse number 3, it says, For I will pour Water on him 
who is thirsty. And floods, everybody say floods, on the dry ground. I will pour my spirit on your descendants. They will spring up among the grass like willows by the water course. Anybody thirsty today? Anybody feel like you're on dry ground? Anybody here look at yourself, your spiritual self, and all you see is cracks and dust and no life? There is one that wants to pour his spirit out on you. Willow trees. You ever ever notice willow trees? Where, where, Where do willow trees, where do they grow? By water. They will spring up among the grass like willows. By the, oh God. In fact, I'm going to stop right now for just a moment and let's pray together that we become like willow trees because we're by the water and we're drinking of the water. In the name of Jesus in this house this morning, I am not interested in being a dry ground, a desert, Lord. I want to be that willow tree, amen, that is connected to the source, that's flowing in the source, hallelujah, that's moving and operating in the spirit of God, that amen, that I'm being built up every day as I get in the Holy Ghost, as I cry out to him, as I begin to speak in tongues, as his spirit gives the utterance, hallelujah, 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 yeah, yeah, rivers, 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 rivers of living water. Flowing, 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 flowing. Pour it out, pour it out, pour it out, pour it out. Pour it out, pour it out, pour it out. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 58 and 11, it says, The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You shall be like a watered garden. And like the spring of water whose waters do not fail. That's what the word of God says. Yeah, give yourself to the spirit of God. Give yourself to the spirit of God. Give yourself to the spirit of God. Amen. Give yourself to the spirit of God.